0: Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your humble host, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a West Side point of view right here from the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio. All right, let's get into the rundown of the topics I'll be discussing today. Now we all, as Bengals fans, have been waiting for this day and wondering what took so long, but the Bengals today released Dre, Dre Kirkpatrick. Not Fitzpatrick, Kirkpatrick. They released him. I finally get his name right. All right, the NFL draft will go on. OTAs, uh, probably not. Training camp, up in the air. We'll find out. NCAA has made a a decision on whether or not to give an extra year of eligibility to the student athletes for the spring sports. All right. Like I said in the rundown, we've been wondering when this is going to happen. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Bengals today released Dre Kirkpatrick. They terminated his contract and he is gone. Kirkpatrick was in his ninth year. Originally was a first round pick of the Bengals back in 2012. Wow, I can't believe he's been around that long. was 17th overall, he played 99 games, started 67 of them had 291 career tackles, 10 interceptions, and 3 sacks. One of the biggest interceptions I remember him ha- having, well, I think it was in 2015, I think it was when, I know we're playing the, the Broncos, I think it was when Andy was hurt, and we played the Broncos, and he intercepted Peyton Manning. That was one of his better plays of the year, of his career, I should say. All right, here's a quote from Bengals head coach, Zach Taylor, regarding Kirkpatrick. Dre was a part of the Bengals organization for many years and displayed passion and energy and competitiveness, competitiveness, easy for me to say, both both on and off the field. Now, I know a lot of Bengals fans are glad he's gone. I'm I'm, not glad he's, I mean, I won't say I'm glad he's gone. I wasn't as hard on him as other people. Yeah, there was times where he got totally burnt and there's other times where he made really good plays. So he was more of a a Jekyll and Hyde player. <clears throat> he was never the shutdown cornerback, you know, we thought he would be, you know, being a number one pick or first round pick, I should say. So good luck to Dre Kirkpatrick. And uh it just goes to show what the Bengals have done. All right. The Bengals have continued to overhaul their defense when Kirkpatrick became the third first rounder that the Bengals drafted to leave in less than two weeks head coach Zach Taylor continues to overhaul the roster with all the free agent moves the Bengals have made all right it was no surprise the Bengals have moved on from Kirkpatrick to make room for the massive renovated defense fueled by more than 150 million dollars in free agents I again I can't believe I gotta read that again the Bengals the Cincinnati Bengals have spent $150 million in free agents. It's a new day for sure. That was the, the, the slogan last year. Well, that should be the slogan this year. It's a new day. Uh, the Bengals cut ties with first-rounders. Tyler Dark Quest, Tenard, and now Kirkpatrick. Now, Tyler Eifert and Tenard, both those guys... They weren't bad players. They just could never stay healthy, especially Tyler Eifert. I love Tyler Eifert. I really wanted him to stay because he finally made it through you know, a whole season without getting hurt. Now, if you watched uh, the games last year, he was definitely on a pitch count. And what I mean by that is he didn't play a ton. I mean, he played, but his play increased more, as I think, as the season went along where they could feel the Bengals felt like they could trust him that he wouldn't get injured, which is... It's kind of weird to say you're going to trust a guy to not get injured, but half time he'll, he'll just get injured. That's just the way it is. Same thing with Denard. Denard never lived up. He was another first-round pick. I think he was a year after Kirkpatrick. Um, and he's another guy. First-round quarterback. Never lived up to the billing of a first-round pick. He got injured a lot. I know he did sign with Jacksonville, but I think uh, something happened with the contract, and um, they null-voided null it. So I don't know. If he's going to go back uh, to Jacksonville or what he's doing, but those are three Bengals that have been here around here for a while. That they weren't locker room killers; they were good uh, guys in locker room. I mean, Kirkpatrick, eh, There's times on the field you're like, "What are you doing?" You know. <laughs> so he wasn't a, a cancer to locker room. He just he was a hothead on the field sometimes. So anyway, this whole this goes to the whole thing I've been talking about with the Bengals. That they are overhauling this team and this organization. Now, as I always tell you guys, you guys can leave me comments down below on the YouTube channel, or you could, uh, if you're listening to it on a podcast, you can message me Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those under Sports Strawberry Ice. And one of my listeners made an interesting comment. He said, "Are the Bengals getting all these free agents because Mike Brown changed?" Or is it because Marvin Lewis is no longer there? Now, that's an interesting question because I wouldn't blame it on Marvin Lewis because we never sign free agents. I personally think it's more that Katie is taking over and Duke Tobin is getting more of a say-so in what goes on in the organization and Zach Taylor. I think it's – like I said, back in the 90s, I think when Mike Brown took over, I think it was his way – the hard way and that was it because that's the way Paul Brown ran the team and Mike Brown thought he could do the same thing he epically failed you know the whole decade of the 90s and when Marvin came here he released uh, some control and I think it got to the point where they Marvin could not for some reason could not get the Bengals over the hump I mean I know the playoff losses and everything everybody always wants to blame Andy Andy Dalton but before that, before Andy even got here, Marvin Lewis did not win a playoff game. He just, there's a difference. And I don't say that I think back in uh when we had Dusty Baker as the Reds manager and Marvin Lewis as the Bengals head coach, both of them were great regular season coaches. But the playoffs are different. You know, you it, you gotta have more intensity. You gotta, I won't say make crazy moves, but you gotta do stuff different different you know especially in football <laughs> you lose you're done you know and neither one of those guys I felt have ever been able to manage or coach up they didn't they didn't coach up a level in the playoffs which is what you have to do you have to bring your energy and your level up you want the players to do it well you have to do it And it just seems like that was a problem with both Dusty Baker and Marvelous. and I love both of them as as coach and manager I just got frustrated with the lack of playoff success. So now, will Zach Taylor be any different? I have no idea. We're going to find out hopefully this year when the Bengals make the playoffs, at least I hope. But getting back to what my uh, listener said, it seems like Mike Brown, I mean, he's in the 70s. I mean, he's got to be getting, you know, obviously he's closer to the end than the beginning. And I'm not asking for the man to die at all. That's not anywhere what I'm saying. I'm just saying he might not be there as in charge of the day-to-day actions as much as he was before. And I think Katie and her husband and Duke Tobin are taking over. Because, I mean, Katie's been doing the contract negotiations for a couple years now. So it doesn't surprise me that things are going to change with her just because of the little stuff that she's done when she's been given the opportunity to take over. You know, when was the last time the Bengals had a contract dispute with any of their players? I mean, in the '90s when Mike Brown ran it, they were all the time, <laughs> and we usually paid a whole bunch of uh, money to has-been players that were over the over the hill. I don't, you know, you haven't had that in the last, I don't know, ten years or more with the Bengals that I can think of. Guys that we overpaid and we kept them. You know, we we didn't want to release them because Mike Brown didn't want to have the dead money. So, my opinion is I think Katie is taking over more. And I think that's why things are changing. And Zach Taylor, I think he is putting his imprints on this team. Because last year, I've said this before in past shows, he was so far behind the eight ball coming into this job because he was on a Super bowl contending team. I don't blame him. I mean, you've got a chance to coach the Super Bowl as a head coach or a quarterback coach. You're going to want to coach in that. That's the ultimate uh, destination that anybody who's ever played or coached in the NFL wants to do. So I don't blame him for that, but I really do think that really set him back last year just by what has happened in the free agency, uh, free agency and what the Bengals have done. Those are my opinion. What's yours? All right, this show and every show is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right. Now, I said this, uh, I think, last week, that the NFL has uh, decided to not move the NFL draft, which I think is a great move because right now, I know they had... Let's see here. Let me read the story here. Uh... The NFL general managers have said that they wanted to move the draft and that they don't have enough time, you know, to do their due diligence and everything. But in this time in our country right now, we have nothing else going on. We're hearing coronavirus this, coronavirus that 24 hours a day. You know, a lot of people like me use sports to just get away from it and watch something entertaining. Well, there's nothing, no sporting events going on. So for the country, I think we need the NFL draft to go on. Now, Roger Goodell is not going to move the draft. Biggest reason, he is the only show in town right now. I mean, it is almost, this is the end of March, tomorrow's April 1st. Last two weeks, 90% of my shows were about NFL, well, especially the Bengals, because they actually did stuff that gave me stuff to talk about, but. That was the only thing going on. So they NFL has owned the last two months of March, and they wouldn't have because the NCAA tournament would have been going on and major baseball season would have started. So right now, NFL is the only show in town. There is no way Roger Goodell is going to not have the draft. He's going to own the whole month of April. Everybody's going to be talking about the draft because there's nothing else going on. So that's my opinion why Roger doesn't want to move it my opinion why we shouldn't move it we need it we need some kind of normalcy we need something normal something that usually happens about this stuff. so everybody could just for a couple hours turn their brains off about what's going on sit in front of your tv and watch football i mean i know it's not playing football but you can watch see what uh draft pick your team's going to get you can boo it you can cheer you you know you can do whatever you can get lost in it you can forget about what's going on so, there's no way the NFL should or is going to move the NFL draft. Now, will the NFL season start on time? Uh, the NFL officially remains gradually optimistic that there will be a, able to complete the 2020 season, but in, increasingly pessimistic about saving any of the team's off-season programs, which I don't my opinion is the OTAs and all that stuff, none of that is going to happen. You know, the NFL players are just going to have to do it all on their own. You know, um, President Trump has, you know, put the um, social distancing and all that stuff up until uh, the end of April. So nothing's really gonna happen until then. And the draft will have already happened, and then that's when OTAs start. If he lift, lifts it, they might be able to start doing something. Then I don't know, but training camp doesn't start till August, like end of July, beginning of August. If everything goes the way it's hopefully going to go, and by April we're start, you know end of April we're starting to get back to normal. I think training camp should go off without a hitch. Now, how not having the OTAs is going to affect players as far as injuries? I mean, that's the thing I think uh we have to consider to me it still doesn't mean you move uh training camp or uh, you know beginning of the season right now because you still got time to 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 make those decisions I mean they got I think they can wait till June before they make those decisions the OTAs and stuff I think I I would be very surprised if they do those um but those are also you're going to run into problems with I think players potentially getting injured Because there's a difference between, you know, in shape working out at a gym and working out by yourself and in shape running smashing into a guy. (laughs) You know, there's just, there's difference. So I do think we're going to have a potential for uh, possibly more injuries in the NFL this year. Hopefully not. But right now, I don't know what else you do about it other than the NFL players. You guys do your best to stay at home, stay safe, and, and keep yourself in the best shape possible. But right now, it looks like... If everything goes away, it looks like it's gone in other countries and stuff by April, end of April, mid-May. We'll hopefully start getting things back to normal. All right. then NCAA always comes under fire because they usually just don't do stuff right, (laughs) in my opinion. But I like this. NCAA has come to an agreement to allow an extra year of eligibility for all the spring sports Athletes. This does not include the winter sports like basketball, hockey, gymnastics, stuff like that. It's more of the sports that never got a chance to even get started. Like baseball was just getting started in college. Um, uh, what else? Let's um, basically. Oh, um, lacrosse. That's another one. Other, you know, spring sports were just getting started. So those teams and those athletes are going to be able to have a fifth year of eligibility, which I think is great. I mean, would it be awesome if uh, they let Jalen Cumberland have another year of eligibility because he missed the NCAA tournament? Heck yeah, that would be great, but he played his whole senior year. I mean, basketball players, they played their whole senior year. They're going to move on. Speaking of the Cincinnati Bearcats, the other day I posted this on um, Sports or Strawberry Ice and I posted it on Bearcat Country that Keith Williams – has announced that he's coming out uh, in the NFL dra- or NBA draft, which I was caught by totally by surprise. To be honest, I don't think he signed an agent with an agent. So the way that works, if he doesn't sign with an agent, you know, I think he's just going to go in there and find out what his draft eligibility is, where he probably will go, what he needs to work on, which is all good information. But these <laughs> statement he released doesn't tell he's coming back. I mean. Like I said, I posted it uh, last week or on the weekend on uh, Sports of Strawberry Ice. It was also on uh, Bearcat Country. But, Keith, if you're listening, you have a chance. You will be the man next year. You will be Jared Cumberland. And the thing is, we've seen what you can do when you are the man. That game when uh, Jared, I guess South Florida or Central Florida, I think it was South Florida, you stepped up and played great. You could do that all year next year, and you could probably move yourself up to be a late first-round pick. Right now, dude, I don't even know if you're a second-round pick. I love you to death. (laughs) I do, but I really don't think this is a very good decision for you to try to to actually go into the draft, to go and find out what happens, what what you need to work on. That's great. I had no problem with that. But if you actually go through with it, and I know you might be trying to do this money for your family, you know, get money for your family, but... If you get a higher draft pick, you'll get more money. <laughs> and if it's first round, it'll be guaranteed. So those are all things that I really, really hope Keith Williams comes back selfishly because I want to see him play for another year. I want to see him being the man. You know, I want to see him, I want to see this team being peace. So hopefully for Bearcat country and Bearcat fans, he'll come back. And for him too, because I just I don't think you're going to be that high of a draft pick. I just don't see it. Anyway, all right, ESPN, they've uh, teased this video. And that's all before the uh, pandemic happened. It was the last dance. It was about the 90s Chicago Bulls. It was going. To, they were going to show it in June. And I remember a couple weeks ago, I'm like, we don't have any sports right now. Why don't you show this now? Because in June, we're probably going to have NBA basketball going on still. So they've come out today and said the last dance. About the nineteen nineties nineteen nineties Chicago Bulls, which I said was supposed to air in June, the ten point ten part documentary will air starting on April nineteenth. That's be ten uh ten part series. The dates I have them uh, all listed on Sports Strawberry Ice, so you can go there on the Facebook page and check it out. What's well, April nineteenth, uh, April twenty sixth, May third, May tenth, and May seventeenth. I cannot wait to watch this. The 90s Bulls, the first, the first repeat was my favorite. I was in high school, we had cable, and you could get uh, WGN on your cable as a sh- Chicago uh, station and they showed a ton of Bulls games. That's one of the reasons I became such a big Bulls fan, because I could watch them all the time. And back then, I was a big uh, Scottie Pippen fan. I always I always everybody liked Jordan. I mean, everybody liked Jordan. Jordan was the best player in basketball, and I always wanted to be a little different. So I'm like, I like Scottie Pippen for the first three, and I, those teams. I, the three peat was awesome. Like I said, you could watch every game on WGN. you even got to watch the parade on because they didn't have you know NBA TV or anything like that. So to watch, it was to have WGN coming in directly into my TV set in my parents' home. It was like my team. You know, I could watch him all the time. So then in 94, um, Michael Jordan, or excuse me, 93, Michael Jordan decided to retire and uh, go play baseball. I was shocked and somewhat, I was i was disappointed. I couldn't, believe, I, I couldn't believe he was leaving. But then I was kind of like, well, now I always like Scottie Pippen. Now he can step up and be the man. Well, that didn't work out so well. So when Jordan decided to come back, I was... I mean, I was a big Jordan. The first three-peat was Pippen, then Jordan. Second three-peat was Jordan. <laughs> Jordan. Michael, Jeffrey, Jordan. That's my... Th- th- those six years... I mean, I, I still... be my friends still debate it. If he hadn't... Had retired and tried baseball, would they have won six, seven, eight? Would they, would they have won eight in a row? Because it was two years where Houston Rockets won. Would they have... One then, but then again, Horace Grant probably wouldn't have left and they wouldn't have got Dennis Rodman and Steve Kerr. And, you know, so if you look at the first repeat compared to the second repeat, they're totally different teams. The third, the uh, second repeat, they were totally like rock stars. I mean, they were the first team that I remember. They, when they got introduced, they turned the lights out, they play the music and I, Oh, I just get goosebumps on my, like, oh my goodness, this is so cool. They were rock stars. So I'm very excited to watch The Last Dance, April 19th. All right. I got some Facebook groups I like to uh, share with you guys here. They're ones that I help run. And like I've said before, since we can't go anywhere and you guys want to talk sports with other sports-minded people, check these groups out. We got Bengals Nation, Bearcat Country, and Reds Country. Now, my own <clears throat> YouTube channel. You guys, like I said, have been unbelievable throughout this whole thing here. I'm up to 277 subscribers. That is great. I mean, I had one view, I, my one show last week, or one of my shows last week, where I called Colin, Colin Cowherd, Colin Cowhead. I had over 1,000 people watching. That's unbelievable. So I really, really appreciate all the support. All the comments have been awesome. I've liked discussing with you some of the some of them, you guys don't like what I say. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you just want to say weird stuff to me. That's fine too. Whatever. If you're listening to the show on podcast, uh, especially Apple Podcasts, do me a favor. Give me a five star review, and just go on there and subscribe to it, and it pops right up onto your phone. If you are watching this on YouTube and you're getting through a Facebook link, like through Bengals Nation, Bearcat Country, Reds Country, or on my page, a Sports Strawberry Ice, or on Twitter, I put it out. All those places. Do me a favor, go on to YouTube, get yourself an account, and subscribe to my show. So hopefully I can get to 300 as fast as I can. That would be awesome. Anyway, you guys, be safe. Practice your social distancing. We will get through this. We will get back to life as normal soon. Not not as soon as everybody wants it because I want it right now. I want sports back. I want to go out to eat and go to a sports bar and All that stuff. But right now, we all got to stay safe and stay away from each other for a little while. But that's a sports baby. Like, subscribe, share. Tell all your friends about me. See you guys.